hey hey welcome to another episode of growing pains wow it has been a long time uh it's been what like a month and i really appreciate your support with this podcast you know looking through episodes and uh you know, just really supporting this, uh, this episode, just hearing me out on this. I don't plan to gain an audience from this. I don't really plan to, you know, really make it explode or anything. Cause you know, I, I've been there, done that with my whole YouTube channel shenanigans and, you know, monetizations and everything. And like, I, you know, that's the whole fucking, oh, I wasn't supposed to swear on that. Oops. Um, but the whole like W2 tax form. So I really do not plan to monetize this because I don't know how to do taxes. (laughs) Uh, what 23 year old does <laughs> uh yeah so right now i what's going on with my life right now let's do a whole month update just a talk hey you just you not hey guys just hey you um here's just a month episode what i got distracted i'm also like one white claw deep in this episode just because i feel like i have more carefree when i am you know a little bit tipsy by the way um yum, future jobs if you're looking through this uh i am of drinking age so yeah uh you know just a disclaimer i do not promote underage drinking oh my gosh please don't do that that's like totally illegal so like don't do that wait until like midnight on your birthday or something Uh, (laughs) um so yeah, let's do a whole month update. I moved into my new apartment, which is nice. I'm not going to really get into the paperwork, which is like an entire hassle. Um, to say the least, no one wants to do their job. And I refuse to be a middleman between two departments with people who just don't want to do their job and just don't want to take the extra step to communicate with each other of what's wrong with my paperwork that's completely out of my control. I'm just going to leave it at that. I really don't like this apartment. Um, Well, I kind of do because I don't really live with roommates just because I feel like I am way past like the age of living with roommates. So I'm living by myself now, which feels really nice because with my full-time job and everything, I'm able to afford, you know, rent, uh, utilities, you know, water. Uh, well, not water. Water is basically in utilities, but, you know, just paying for everything by myself. And it feels really, really nice to not have to ask my dad to, you know, pay this, pay that. Hey, dad, I'm really sorry. He's actually helping me with my um, applications right now for... Uh, for my master's degree, potentially. So I feel, I still feel really bad because, and he just keeps saying like, no, no, like it's okay. Like, you know, I, I prepared for all of this and for you to get a higher education. We planned this out when you were a baby, which I'm actually really grateful for. Uh, I will go into being fed with a silver spoon. Uh, it may be in like another episode. There's a lot of potential episodes that I plan on recording i'm like writing out the scripts right now i have three planned so this is just one of the three but that's a really interesting topic i would like to address uh but you know right now i'm just very grateful that i have a place to myself uh i do plan on getting fly traps just because my neighbor i don't know the size of this dog but like it looked like dog poop the size of dinosaur poop like the, there's no way that clump of poop came out of that dog it was gigantic that attracted so many flies and now it's like monsoon season so now it's damp it's wet it's swampy here in arizona or rather here in tucson arizona and it's just kind of gross so now i'm gonna get a uh little fly trap just attract all the flies there just have them dead electric chair um and yeah um so i moved out of my apartment really really fast um oh one thing is that my upstairs neighbor has a kid which I I you know which is fine but like the previous tenant who lived in my apartment had to literally file a noise complaint for the upstairs neighbor just because they're like their footsteps are really really loud and I do realize that this apartment was built in like the 80s and like it's not gonna be like all that nice and like I know that the quality isn't all that nice but like like every single time they walk like my chandelier shakes which is kind of concerning so I did have to address that to them and they said yeah like we do have a kid sorry about that look we'll try our best to be quiet but like their kid is starting to rapidly become our kid where I cannot chill in my apartment at 4 a.m because 
that's when they wake up and they're just like banging all over the place and like I would hear like footsteps that would be like running from one room to another which is like who is running from their bedroom to their living room at like 4 a.m I don't understand so I um, started becoming that neighbor where I would take my Swiffer wipe and then bang it on my ceiling and whenever I do that it becomes significantly quieter so that has been really nice um my side neighbors were like a little bit of a problem because i think the boyfriend lives there uh, of the girl um that i met sorry i'm like skipping a lot of details anyways i met my side neighbors and there is a guy who lives there who listens to music very loud and every single time he talks on the phone i could hear his conversations through the walls and i think that's just a result of this very 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 shitty apartment i was gonna resign my lease at my previous apartment but there is no way i you know it's a win-win situation you know i here i get to be you know, surrounded by old people who, like, go to bed at, like, 9 p.m., so, like, you know, there's not people, like, banging up a party or, like, a, uh, what's it called, like, a kickback at, like, 4 a.m., so that's nice, but, you know, over there, I had, I was close to everything, and, um, you know, it's just nicer overall, so I'm just kind of, you know, there's, it's a, there's pros and cons to everything, and what else kenny came by uh this past weekend or rather um this past week which was really nice i felt really guilty of leaving him at home but that's because i had to go to work and i I don't know i just i uh, yeah i just don't like leaving people at home like by themselves because i feel like if you're gonna go visit me oh sorry white claw came up my nose (laughs) um if you're gonna go visit me, I'd rather just dedicate my entire time to you, and, like, you know, he's very, very relaxed about this relationship, where he's just, like, no, like, it's okay, like, I could just chill at home, we could just grab food, I have dinner, I have, I have things to eat, but to me, you know, leaving you in the house by yourself while I'm off to work just gives me such major, like, yeah, like, there's totally food at home, there's, like, a tortilla chip on the ground, you could eat that, and, like, when I told him that, he, like, laughed, but I'm just, like, no, like, I'm, I'm not, I'm being 100% serious, like, I take hospitality very, very seriously, like, I'm not casual about it, like, there needs to be, like, a platter of fruit, and all types of selections of food that you could cook by yourself, or, like, that you could cook up, or, like, that's already cooked for you when you decide to go visit me, that is my job as a host, um, I think that's just, like, the basics of being a good host, not just giving you a roof to sleep under, because you could easily do that at a hotel, I'm not about to give you, like, comfort in vibes, I'm giving you a providing girlfriend vibes, um, uh, so I dropped him off at Sky Harbor today, he flew out from Phoenix, um, and he said, like, you know, thank you for, uh, driving me out to Phoenix, you know, I know that you live in Tucson, it's, I know it's quite a drive, and I was like, which is, I don't, I don't understand, like, why are you, like, this is expected of me, well, this is, to me, what is expected of me, like, if it's in my ability, I will do it, um, because I know that he would do the same for me, because if I, uh, flew, from Tucson to LAX, I know he would drive to LAX from San Diego to pick me up, because that's just the type of person he is, so I don't know, like, I, I just knew that he would do that for me, so I think it's right that I do it for him, too, uh, if it's my ability, then I would definitely do that, plus, like, I got to go to my favorite restaurant, um, which is called Chop Shop, uh, they're, rice bowls were only ten dollars and i was just like really ten dollars but like i forgot that it's tempe which was like giving me when i received my food and when i opened it at home it gave me like major panera vibes like it just looked like hospital food and so i cooked up like a bunch of firm tofu that i got from trader joe's seasoned it with soy sauce and spicy uh i'm about to say salmon it is definitely not salmon sesame oil and that, oh, it was delicious. And now I chased it down with a white claw, some water. I also got their juice, a cold buster. Maybe next time I'll get like a smaller size because that was definitely too big to bring back. Um, I also went to a Goodwill where I got a Urban Outfitter tank top and an Amazon skirt for a total of $7. So that was really nice. <laughs> 
And I came back here, um, got some lotion and makeup wipes because I completely ran out. And then finally got back home. I think Saturdays are like my favorite because I love relaxing and like watching TV up late. And I really can't do that with a roommate because I don't know their, when their sleep schedule is. Uh, so that's been really, really, really nice. Um, what else has been going on with my life? I don't want to talk about school just because I... Well, today's episode, we're going to talk about imposter syndrome, and I have made it a personal goal to just not talk about my life. You know that TikTok that's been like circulating around? I don't know if it's like been showing up on your For You page or not, but it's this girl that says like, hey, everybody, guess what I'm doing? Or like, hey, everybody, I'm going to shut the fuck up. So I found that so funny because I resonated with that so hard that I just completely stopped updating people about my life academically and I've never felt so liberating before because when I used to show off about my what the things I had to study or like the things that I had to do it felt like I was competing with other people and looking for validation and now that I stopped and now that I just said you know what what's gonna happen is what's gonna happen or like whatever happens happens I have been a lot more at peace with myself and I've been a lot happier with that of course there's still things that I need to look for and improve but in that type of aspect in my life I'm really happy with that um yeah so without further ado let's get into today's episode even though I did say 15 to 20 minute uh introduction on life updates but you know I I'm deciding to keep things private and um now it's only what (laughs) 12 minutes so today we're going to be talking about imposter syndrome which is the feeling that you don't feel like you're amounting to peers you feel like a fraud um even though all of y'all are in the exact same position i can't speak for others but it's extremely prominent in the pre-med or in the healthcare field i fogged it out of my head for so long so bear with me but i'm really trying to work through this because I think it's a really good topic to discuss Um, just because I don't want to focus so much on like life in general I do want to reflect on you know my past life my past experiences which in this case was uh, predominantly in the academics field so this is primarily seen in education uh, imposter syndrome but really it can occur anywhere really so the thing is is that especially in such a digital age we're conditioned to compare ourselves with others whether it's through like instagram you know comparing our bodies to those artificially designed on instagram compare our grades with our peers comparing our performance at work la 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 so during my undergrad education i too fell victim to the imposter syndrome because there were so many people and I'm telling you so many people like literally everyone around me who had a sharp vision of what they wanted to do after graduation the automatic answer would be medical school you know and a simple google search for medical school would send me into an entire orbit of panic that's why I never asked about it in my undergrad like I knew Everyone in this specific physio class wanted to become a doctor. Doesn't matter what type of doctor they wanted to be, their automatic answer would just be doctor. And I'd sit down with my homework and instantly get burnt out after 20 minutes while they're still hammering through OCHEM questions. And so I thought, huh, I guess I'm just fucking stupid, huh? Like I'm just insanely dumb. Like there's just a part of my brain that has just been completely removed from my head, from my noggin. Because if I can't focus for 20 minutes, then boy, is this going to be really, really tough for me. I then ranked myself. Well, at least I didn't drop out. Um, and I didn't fail every class. Uh, what am I talking about? Ah, 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 yes, 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 yes. And then I would rank myself amongst, you know, other people. And would be like, well, at least I didn't drop out. Well, at least I didn't fail every single class like he did, like this student did, like that student did. At least I didn't, at least I'm still here. Well, at least I went to go to office hours. At least I did this, at least I did that. And like, you know, bargaining with the idea that 
there is a ladder that everyone is climbing, that there are people below me and that I need to step on everyone. I got to like climb my way up to the top. And it's not climbing your way up at that point. It is clawing your way up. There is a difference. The dangerous part about this mentality is that you're purposely putting yourself above others with the intent to do it in any way you can and seeing their weakness as them being weaker than you lower you lower than you and that's not a good mentality to have i never respected people who clawed their way up to the top who didn't give a single care about people about caring for people about being a good leader because i put this in my personal statement that being a leader doesn't mean that you power over others with excellence in your skill sets, in your demonstration, in your performance, and just, be, you know, you saying jump and we say how high. That's not being a good leader. That's being a dictator. Being a good leader is taking care of everyone and, you know, leading everyone and catering to their needs to an overall agreed goal. You know, you got to lead them being like, you know what? I think this is what we should do. I think that we should, that this is what we should do. This is what we should do. You know, you need help. Okay. The rest of you can go on. I'm going to go, I'm going to stay back with little Jessica here because she needs help. That's what a good leader is. A good leader isn't clawing your way up to the top, stepping on people's hands, clawing at people's eyeballs, you know, stepping on people's toes just so you get to the top. Because when you get to the top, you have left a trail of injured people behind you. And they're not going to look at you with respect. They're going to look at you as the person who did everything and anything that they could to get to the top. And then what what are are you going to do when you get to the top? You got to the top. That's your goal. What then? Because then you would have to deal with all the people that you stepped on and it's not going to be a good thing to deal with. Um, yeah, and so like I said, like if that's the mentality that you're going for, you're not a leader and what you're doing is not admirable. And, you know, everyone is on their own journey towards the same goal. So just because it worked for you doesn't mean it's going to work for them and vice versa you know like there's a way that works for everyone maybe you're the jessica of the group that needs extra help maybe another person is jessica of the other group but everyone has a a goal but their own journey to get to the goal now my journey of getting into a respectful respected institute is not going to be the same way as you trying to get into a respected institute okay if I want to go to dental school I'm going to uh, maneuver around it a lot differently than another candidate you know all of us have different paths it's but we do have the same goal so it's important to keep that in mind so I put some thought into this and started wondering why we think so lowly of ourselves why we are constantly comparing ourselves to our peers Oh, the average was an 89 and I got a 90. Phew, like y'all be safe out there. Like I'm the one who got an A on the test. Like who the fuck is the dumbass who got an 88? Like who even gets an 89? Like I got a 90. Like woof, like I got an A and you got a B. Like damn, someone really got a B on that exam. Like they're dumb. Like they're dumb. Um, The ultimate goal is to get a job where you are self-sustainable. That's the goal here. So most jobs that are under the category... Under that category, where you are self-sustainable, that allows you to be self-sustainable, require a higher education, a master's degree, a specialty school of sorts, such as law school, medical school, PA school, etc. And those are especially competitive since they have even stricter requirements and accept fewer candidates compared to, let's just say, you know, uh, undergraduate studies, okay? So... You work so hard for it. You know, during these application processes, it's a grueling process. You're full of anxiety being like, am I going to get in? Am they going to reject me? Am I good enough? And that's where they get you. Are you good enough? And you work really hard for it. You try to uh, demonstrate all of your skill sets. This is what makes me a good candidate. Just for it to be shoved in your face that you didn't get into at least one of the schools that you applied for or you didn't get into the school of your dreams. With that in your face, 
you feel crushed and I did too because I applied to several schools already and I already have gotten rejection letters and I know that there's definitely more to come. You feel crushed and competent compared to your peers who did get into their dream school or at the very least did get into a school of some sort, did get into a higher education of some sort and you beat yourself over it as a result of it and how are you this stupid to not even get into this one school out of the 12 that you have applied one school out of the 12 you applied ranging from your safety schools to your reach schools like you didn't get into one of them and that one school had the lowest requirements like you're so stupid the thing is is that people don't understand that college and schools are only a bridge to your career, okay? They help you build strong foundations in the profession you want to ultimately end up in. But you do not get your dream job in college. You do your undergraduate studies to get a job as an engineer, but you don't become an engineer during your sophomore year of your undergrad. You study physiology in depth so that you are prepared to do your clinical rotations in medical school in your undergrad years, but you don't become a doctor in your junior year of college. It's a, mis- it's a misconception many people follow, and you don't allow time for growth. With this, you need to have patience to figure out why are these things happening to me, and that's the hardest part of it, and no one likes it. I never said it was easy, but this you know this podcast is called growing pains for a reason because i'm here to state all the things some people may not want to face and certainly at one point in life i didn't want to face when you enroll in college it's a default expectation that you graduate with a high paying job after four years and that's just not the case some people drop out find out that college isn't for them i know a few you know they take a break and even after graduation there's still a handful that are still starbucks baristas waitresses medical squares and not straight up doctors or lawyers i've seen on tiktok that uh there's a soundtrack people use and it's them walking a runway for like versace gucci prada you know all of these big big fashion companies and it cuts to them being like a Starbucks barista or like them in a Target, for example. So, you know, where the where am I? So it's kind of gross that it's deemed as them being lazy or like a waste of time that they went through all of college, all of that experience, all those Versace fashion shows. And they're still a Starbucks barista or like, and they ended up being a Starbucks barista. Let me tell you what is a shame though, because I don't see that as wasted potential, but let me illuminate you on what is wasted potential. So I did a story time on a particular character. Okay. But for those who did not have their eyeballs seared out of their heads by watching one of my videos, I'll refresh you on this particular person. Think of this as like a miniature story time. Okay. For those who have not, uh, see my face or heard my voice before. And I know that many of you will come to appreciate this because a lot of you are asking for story times. But anyways, there's this man's, okay? Let's call this man's SpongeBob just because I have the TV on mute and uh, SpongeBob just appeared, okay? So let's call this guy SpongeBob. SpongeBob initially wanted to go to nursing school. Uh, They were very, very adamant. They studied really hard to get into there. Um, And they, I think, nursing school is like a four-year program but then two years you spend doing your prerequisites and then in your last two years you go into your clinical rotations i can't remember i don't know how the nursing school works at the u of a but anyways um they applied for the the nursing program and or no wait no is it pre-nursing and then you apply to get into nursing maybe that's it because that's what they did for physiology um and so anyway, they applied to be in like official nursing or like nursing school or whatever. That, that ain't the point. They applied and uh, the university had rejected them. So they're just like, okay, no worries. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll try again. They never, ever 
tried again and I'm not gonna say like they never tried again but it took them a very very long time and the reasoning behind that isn't all that good either so I met this Spongebob character at a pho restaurant that I usually go to and we hit it off really really well you know we started having basic conversations what do you study I study physiology what do you study oh I'm just like you know like a like a college dropout and I was like oh I see so this person has prioritize being famous on social media more than education um which is what their i don't know if there's like this their actual intentions but their actions certainly do portray it like a lot um that they expressed content of just being a waitress making a little bit more than minimum wage at their uncle's restaurant so this isn't a job that they applied for this was a job that they attained through family connections uh this wasn't because a company found them and said i see potential in you this is also no tea no shade i'm not trying to shade them but you know having family members who own companies and getting those connections that way it does make it significantly easier to gain experience rather than having to apply through a company we can all collectively agree on that uh so you know this person was okay with being a waitress at his uncle's restaurant and had prioritized trying to grow his luxury shoe collections which ranged from Balenciaga's like a lot of streetwear like a lot and a lot like a whole closet dedicated to shoes um and trying to grow a YouTube channel trying to grow an Instagram you know trying to be quote unquote a hype beast and I'm again this is not me trying to roast him this is literally what he has in his bio okay or had in his bio at the time And so obviously his morals and his values are very different from mine. I'm not going to say that they're good or bad, but they're definitely different. So I made a suggestion that he would go back to school. And and soon as I made that suggestion, he immediately enrolled back into school. He was like, yeah, I'm taking this class. I'm taking that class. And I was like, why? And he was like, oh, because you wanted me to no and the thing is is that like okay you went through all of this all of this from trying to grow your instagram platform trying to get the balenciaga shoes trying to find out the drop date of the new balenciaga shoes trying to find out the drop date of the new jordans really trying to grow your youtube and instagram which you have been trying to do for the past four years with very little progress um And that you have all this talk about, yeah, I really, really want to support my parents one day. Uh, I really want to do this for my parents. I really want to do that for my parents. Um, And I have like, you know, I have a, I have a decent amount in my savings right now. But like, you know, because, you know, budgeting around Balenciaga shoes. Um, Where was I going with this? I'm too busy trying to roast this kid. And also like I'm tipsy. So like, (laughs) um. So anyways, he went on about that. And, you know, when you try, when you do all of that, it doesn't tell me as a person who was having this conversation with you that you actually want to pursue a nursing degree. And that's okay. You know, nursing degrees aren't for everyone, just like how physiology degrees aren't for everyone. A history degree isn't for everyone. Being in uh, art school isn't for everyone. It certainly isn't for me because I don't I don't have that creativity to go through, you know, designs and everything. You know, I really admire the people who do, honestly. Um, you know, they make the world uh, be a little bit brighter. So, you know, it's not for everyone. But for you to contradict what you're trying to preach with your actions does not tell me that what you're saying is the truth you know it feels like a white lie that you're telling uh and i do sense some mm, things that may not necessarily be true in there or things that you are trying to extrapolate and or exaggerate and so when i asked him like hey why why are you you know going back to school i thought literally a week ago you were trying to get those balenciaga shoes and you know like he said Um, or like I said before, he was like, oh, well, you said it. No, like you wanted me to. And it's like, I shouldn't be the reason you go back to school. You know, a pretty girl that you want to bang 
should not be the reason why you should do a 180 turn within 48 hours of your life. You need to realize that on your own. And, you know, I really don't know what's going on with his life because I got essayed from him, so, uh, or essayed by him, so I really don't know what's going on with his life, but um, I have no shame bringing this up because I don't respect him as a person, especially what I had to go through with him. So, you know, a person who went through their entire education, uh, you know, I don't know, like maybe they earned a biology degree after college and they're a Starbucks barista. That is not wasted potential. SpongeBob is a wasted potential. That's a wasted opportunity. You know, it hurts when we get rejected. So back to our conversation about getting rejected from schools and just being like, I'm stupid. You know, this is, this is stupid. I, I'm dumb. You know, I can't believe I didn't get in. Which is the same mentality of like, Ugh, how are you still a Starbucks barista after like four years of education? You know, when we get rejected from something that is so glamorized and popularized, it hurts when we get rejected because we as humans naturally like validation. We like to have our efforts recognized. We work so hard throughout these four to five years of nonstop studying. Some people do it on top of work, clubs, extracurriculars. I remember during my senior year, Monday to Friday, school, nonstop. And then Saturday and Sunday, I would go to work. I would work nonstop. While all of my other friends, they were just like, hey, like, you want to join us? You want to, like, do a puzzle night? I'd be like, I can't. I have work. Um, so it was just such a pe- jam-packed schedule. So with that, you know, if you are working with that type of schedule, like, working really hard, you don't even have to work, like, in college to have your efforts recognized. But, you know, it's... It's a grueling process. So with that, we would like to have our efforts recognized and having a rejection from a school, it does not feel good because it doesn't feel like our efforts are recognized. It just feels like they looked at us and said, you're stupid, you're not getting in. But what we fail to realize is that a lot of schools look at you, well, at least I hope that's the uh that's the perspective that they had or, you know, something that you could bring up in an interview or in your personal statement is that you as a candidate need to be viewed in a holistic manner. And if they don't view you as in, if the universities do not view you as a, in a holistic manner, you should apply to schools who do see you as a whole candidate, not just another person with a 4.0 GPA. And this is what I would like to bring up in interviews is that, you know, there's some things that should be more focused on than others. GPA should not be one of them. And I will go into it in a bit. I don't know if I wrote it down or not, but if I didn't, um, I'm going to remind myself. I was about to say, like, remind me, but like, how are you going to remind me? (laughs) Um, So... You know, it, it, it teaches people, it teaches people to view others as numbers. If schools are going to see you as candidate number 152 with a 4.0 GPA and a 90th percentile on their GRE, you are literally training them to see other people as numbers. And that's not what medical school should do. That's not what PA school should do. You know, that, something that I really would like to argue is that if you have if you see candidates like that they're just going to see a patient as patient number 53 with o2 sats of 82 and that's it that is not a human being in need of your care that is not a human being in pain that's just training you to be like number 52 is given 52 uh, milligrams of morphine i i don't I, I don't know the measurement let's just say 1 milligram okay let's be realistic here 1 milligram of morphine increase to two that's it oh you're wincing okay well let's up it to three let's 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 see and then let's just increase the morphine you're focusing on how much you should increase on morphine not a human in need and that's what i would like to argue um and that's not good because you are not defined by your gpa or your gre or your sat scores or how well you perform in classes or how many clubs you're in people who do 
have that mindset who do define them by their statistics i hate to break it to you but that is really really sad but and you're just saying that because you have a 0.01 cumulative gpa an absolute shit gpa you're just shitting on them because you did poorly you're just jealous so i'ma see you i like how you how you can get in the wait what was the saying again i'm like blanking out why are you hating outside of the club? You can't even get in. Yeah. Wow, that joke literally f- was so bad. <laughs> um, so anyone who defines themselves by their 3.9 GPA in their undergrad and makes it their entire personality is literally going to get hit in the face with reality when they find out it literally does not matter in 10 years. And that's what I was going to get back to. GPAs literally do not matter after you graduate you think companies four to five years after you graduate are going to ask you for your gpa really no they're going to ask you about your experience what you have done to gain experience for you to be qualified to be working in this job not how good you are at studying not how good you are at memorizing things memorizing mechanisms and pathways of biochemistry when i applied for cytology in one of the biggest companies in arizona when I applied for this job that I currently have right now, mind you, this is an insanely huge company. They didn't ask for my GPA. And if they did, they just breezed through it. They asked me for my previous lab experience. And that was obviously attained through my, through my education, through my, all my prerequisites, all through my classes. Because obviously, if GPA did matter, why didn't you... Uh, hire a middle schooler a middle schooler can get a 4.0 gpa but the thing is that they are not going to have a middle schooler in the lab with all this fancy equipment and dangerous chemicals with when the extent of their knowledge is baking soda and vinegar experiments while the lab is filled with xylenes alcohols of very various concentrations stains acids like it can give you cancer now with this in mind, universities don't just reject you because you didn't have a 3.5 or above GPA according to their requirements. Now, if they are going to reject you solely based on that, again, I really do urge you to find a uh, school who sees you as a holistic applicant or seen in a holistic view, okay? Because believe it or not, that's something a lot of candidates have a hard time facing. You know, I, I didn't have a 3.5. I didn't make it. I know it was very hard for me to accept um, when I got rejected. It's just like, great, I, they, they looked at my GPA. I have a GPA of like 0.5 and they didn't like that. That's, you know, I'm, I'm stupid. And again, you know, that's not the mindset you should have. But if that is the case, if they, that is the case that they reject any candidate that is below a 3.5, of 3.49, nope, get out then why do they make exceptions for some candidates? I can assure you, there are some candidates out there who have gotten into medical school with a 2.5 cumulative GPA in their undergrad. Now, some of them have taken a post-bac program that then increased their GPA that way, but their undergraduate GPA still remains a 2.5. It'll be like that forever. When you graduate, your your, G, your undergrad GPA is with you forever. I don't mean to scare you. There are definitely ways to improve that and make yourself a more appealing candidate. But I'm just saying that shit is fucking permanent. So when they do get into medical school, this is obviously not medical school saying, oh, your GPA is not uh, our requirement. You're kicked out without even looking at the rest of your application. Which is, you know, again, why I'm such a huge advocate for applying to schools who look at candidates in a holistic manner to see where you have improved, see your strengths, see your transcript. Yeah, there's a dip here, but you graduated with straight A's. Okay, we see perseverance. We see determination. We like this attitude. We like to see candidates with with that type of perseverance. To see you as a candidate, not just a piece of meat with statistics pasted on your forehead. So with this said, exceptions within candidates who may not have outstanding statistics are very clear examples of your true abilities. This can often come into the form of how well you explain your skill sets in your personal statement, your resume, your letters of recommendation. Like I said, higher education prepares you for your ultimate goal. They see how well you try to attain that goal and sometimes it does not look like you're ready. 
wow, that was harsh. <laughs> Why did I write that? So you could go through all of this. Okay, let, let, let me soften that a little bit. Wow, was I like drunk when I wrote this? Um, so let me backtrack a little bit. You can go through all of this. You can go through every single one of your applications and fill it out the best way that you could and still get rejected, even if they, they look at you in a holistic manner. And sometimes rejection is not the end of the world. I know a lot of people say that, you know, it's the end of the world. I'm never going to become a PA. I'm never going to become a, a, a doctor uh, because I'm stupid. It's not necessarily because you are stupid. Sometimes rejection is a key sign that you're simply not ready for the task. If I had absolutely no clinical hours and I don't know how to talk to patients, I would not be a very good PA, would I? If I did not have any type of clinical experience, I would go into PA school and being like, okay, so what's hematemesis? Okay, what's, what's a thoracentesis? Oh, it's that? Okay, uh, what is tachycardia? You know, that it's, it's not making myself prepared to go through the challenges of PA school. Uh, it's not giving a very good foundation to go into PA school where you should have this foundation set already. Even if you try to squeeze your way in, you know, you get accepted with a stroke of luck, your mental health has the chance of being significantly compromised because you were lacking skill sets or had a completely different mentality that is not fitting to that of the institution. And, you know, when you go in, you would either struggle a whole lot in PA school uh, or, you know, a higher education of whatever, you know, whatever you were rejected for. I'm just using PA school. Um... Or medical school, just because that's just my medical healthcare background. You know, even if you try to squeeze your way through, you might drop out halfway through because your mental health was compromised, and you're just like, no, I, I can't do this. I cannot do this. I will. Am I? I'm having suicidal ideations. I can't do this. Versus being patient and taking your time within the next year or two years, however long you need to just rest and build up your resume, and build up your mental health, and build up your mental strength to tackle on things that you see at an emergency room, for example. Because I remember having my first code blue, which is respiratory or cardiac failure, where CPR and resuscitation efforts need to be initiated. I've seen several patients die. I had a patient who, well not I had a patient, but a doctor was seeing a patient, the doctor who I was working for, and she seemed like she was talking. I, I heard her through the door. Literally half an hour later, she was dead in her bed because we could not revive her. She was put under anesthesia, and that was it. And then there was the doctor who called the family, and I could hear the screams of pain when I was standing next to the doctor. That has scarred me for so long um but you know what it's okay because that's what you see as a medical scribe now if i were going to i were going to go into medical school and that was my first ever time seeing a patient pass away or resuscitation efforts that needed to be terminated and the patient's condition just was unstable and they expired right in front of my eyes i would be hashtag unwell and you're telling me I have to do that and just pretend that everything is okay and go throughout my clinical rotation as if nothing is wrong? Personally, I'm proud to say and confident to say I wouldn't have that mental strength if I did not have that foundation built through a medical scribe. I would literally just go into my own head and just stay there, just in darkness, like not be okay at all. So... You know, things like this, they happen. There's a reason why you got rejected. It's not always bad. Sometimes you just need a little rest. It's the universe telling you that you need a look into yourself and where you need improvement. And, you know, that takes time and patience and starting to look at yourself, which, you know, it's not easy. Never said it was, but kind of needs to be done. Now, next, um... 
I see. I see this as a win-win situation where you have the ability to better yourself and work on the skill sets so that in the next application cycle, you have the opportunity to showcase your skills to make yourself a more attractive candidate. Or you get accepted, then hooray, you get accepted. You know, you get to look at your strengths and reflect on yourself and literally become a better candidate in the next application round. You have a second chance. It's whether you're willing to take it or not. Or you get accepted. Yay! So it's merely the mindset that you have. So next, I'm going to breeze over how you compare yourself amongst your peers, your friends, people close to you, who you are comparing yourself to. So I know a lot of my friends who have gotten accepted into research labs, medical schools, or really good institutions, which either I didn't get to experience or I haven't got to experience. Bottom line, didn't get to do it. So I used to be very, very jealous and I found myself comparing myself uh, to them. But my career journey is not the same as theirs, like I said before. And that's what I need to keep. I needed to keep reminding myself of that is that you are not them and they are not you. Now, this is not to shame other people's journeys, but I had a talk with a PA student about imposter syndrome. And I was talking about how I kept saying I wanted to become a doctor, even though I didn't feel it in my heart that I meant it and actually wanted to be a doctor because other people around me wanted to become a doctor. Like everyone else around me was like, what do you want to be, doctor? What do you want to be, doctor? So I thought in order to blend in with the crowd, I would have to say doctor too. And he says, no, 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 no. It's literally not like that at all. It's all bark and no bite. All the people who have made a point of trying to show off superficial characteristics, I haven't even seen them make it to medical school or they either that or they never ended up applying. So I know some future applicants of medical school who really, really tried to flex on all of us getting into research labs or job opportunities that are very, very exclusive and we gatekeep it about us. You know, I, uh, <laughs> I made a TikTok about this where it's talking to like a toxic STEM girl where it's just like, yeah, I got into this research lab, my lab, this, my lab, that, my lab, my lab, my lab, my lab, my lab. Yeah, I like started wearing lab, like clogs to the lab. Yeah, I know I'm not going to get into medical school for like another five years, but like I need to establish dominance. Um, so but since both my parents are doctors, I need to start looking at labs when I was like in fifth grade. At least that's what they told me. But I was way better and like way more prepared than that. So I started looking at research labs when I was a sperm cell. <laughs> um it's like, yeah, like, I think the professor's name is, like, Professor, um, a Professor Professor, yeah, it's, like, a really weird name, I think he's, like, Swedish or something, it's, like, yeah, I could, ew, like, I mean, yay, uh, totally put in a good word for you, because I know you're looking for job opportunities, do it yourself, you lazy fuck, um, no, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding, like, you know, those types of people, and I definitely had my fair share with conversations of those people um and what i'm about to say is that with those skill sets you're not going to be learning how to be collaborative or being kind you're just stepping on people's hands on this imaginary social status ladder that you created in your own head that you literally created from your own imagination i had this experience with this person where they were really good at creating Excel sheets to calculate your grade for the end of the class. And it would see what you needed to get in order to get an A or a B in the class, you know, la 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 la. And I was like, oh my god, like, how did you do that? And then she was like, what, like, you don't know? Like, I can't believe people don't know how to do this. Like, it's so easy easy like how you not know how to do that you know and it's just like again like it's it's gatekeeping from people it's not showing collaborative skills whatsoever like you just you're you're just being a jerk really and so with that said i do experience imposter syndrome from time to time of course i do but I have distanced myself from those people and made it a conscious effort to distance myself from those people who think academics is their entire personality. You know, I don't think it's good for my mental health. And as for them, you know, it's as we ex expressed or well, not or as I expressed myself in the karma episode, I think they will realize that when you make it your entire personality, your statistics and only your statistics. Wow. White Claw went up my nose again. <laughs> When that period of education is over with, when you graduate medical school, 
you're gonna have to find another thing to make your personality because like where is the medical school that's that you were so reliant on like you graduated from it uh so yeah like you're you're gonna have to find your own personality because you won't have medical school doing that for you anymore so there needs to, so how do we how do we get through this how do we get through this imposter syndrome well there is no clear cure to it you know i can't give you an advice and just being like well you know it's tylenol take it come back you know take three and come back if it worsens like no this requires spiritual evaluation um it requires a deep deep level of reflection within yourself to know your strengths and weaknesses inside and out and embrace it it's not a bad thing if you have weaknesses it's also you know not a bad thing if you have a lot of strength if you have a huge spectrum a huge diversity of strengths i saw a tiktok that said courage is not the absence of fear but it is acknowledging your fears and seeing what you can do to overcome it. And I think this is great. I think this is something that needs to be said more often. And in the same way, this can be applied to strengths and weaknesses, where weaknesses is not the absence of strength, but recognizing where you need improvement and a perseverance to challenge that mindset. So something that I put in my personal statement is that I experienced a period of my academics where I received very, very poor grades. And this was a result of overcommitment of just trying to do more and better. And with the repetition of bad grades, it, my mental health dropped. I, I, you know, it's very difficult. And this is the key right here that I would like to highlight the sentence that I would like to highlight it was difficult to challenge the mindset that this was the best of my abilities you know I'm not gonna say that I'm stupid it was hard to think that I was not stupid it was hard to you know think that it was better than this it was hard to think that um I'm you know, capable of better, like, this is what you can do, like, it's giving me very much, like, is this the best you could do, what a shame, and, you know, that's exactly how it, how I would view myself, also, like, I don't want you guys to think that this is how I talk to people, but this is how I talk to myself, which was very unkind, so I'd like to change that, you know, it was, like I said, it was difficult to challenge the mindset, but, with perseverance and a change of your environment and a want to change yourself comes with work and with work it comes with a whole lot of failures you're gonna fail a whole lot more than you're gonna succeed and that's just the tough part in life but how are, how are you gonna learn if you don't try first if you aren't willing to be wrong and with this growing process you're gonna have to be willing to be wrong and ready to face the fact that you're going to be wrong a whole lot more than you're going to be right. Because if we were right all the time, we'd be perfect, and we are not. So this podcast isn't going to coddle you and tell you that everything is okay and that you're amazing, because it's up to you to define that yourself. I certainly had to. I certainly had to define my strengths and weaknesses, because no one can define how you are amazing and what you are doing is good and what good is because when someone does that when you rely on someone else to define what you are good at what this is good what that what what i'm having a stroke um what good is and how this is good how that is good it's living by someone else's standard of what good is and that's not a way to live life so start defining yourself and according to your standard of what good is and what is good for you and what is amazing to you and what makes you amazing. That's the advice that I have. Oh, okay. So with that, we conclude today's episode of Growing Pains on Imposter Syndrome. Um, It's really good to be back. I really found this therapeutic. I hope you guys have a good morning, afternoon, evening, night, and I will see you on the next episode of Growing Pains. Okay, bye!